Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose. This is TMA with Nick Hamilton. Wake your goat mouth ass up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience. What look like he just came out of the basement. TMA with Nick Hamilton. You know what I'm saying? Thank you because now. Welcome to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on this planet. Hope everybody had a great weekend and a great start to the brand new week. A whole lot to talk about on this episode, so you definitely want to stick around. But first and foremost, what I need you to do is go ahead and follow me on Instagram at NickHamiltonLA, as well as on Twitter at NickHamilton213. Boy, what a wacky weekend. It's time to get it popping. If it's going on in the world of sports and entertainment, you know Nick Hamilton is going to speak on it. It's time to get it popping. This was the weirdest weekend, the strangest weekend I have seen in a very long time. To help me break it all down, I got to bring in my engineer extraordinaire, producer to the stars, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner's government name. What's going on, man? What's good, Nick? How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. It's been a wacky weekend. But first and foremost, I think, I think the one thing that salvaged the weekend and got everybody's week started off right, Kendrick Lamar. Oh, man. he <laughs> The heart part five. Now, not just the song itself, because the song, the, of course, he wrote the beat perfectly. Yes, he did. It was a very soulful beat. If you yes, follow any of the heart series in his previous albums and mixtapes. It's always been very soulful as far as his tracks are concerned, so I wasn't surprised at that. The fact that the lyrics actually reigned supreme, and on top of that, came out with a, 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 an immaculate creative masterpiece known as the video, yes. where he actually embodied the faces of O.J. Simpson, Jesse Smollett, Kanye West, the late, great Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. and finish it off with the late, great, long-lived Nipsey Hussle. Yes, sir. And the fact that he was actually, his lyrics were actually speaking in those particular characters, especially yeah. with Kobe and especially with Nipsey Hussle. Yeah. Man, that, King Kendrick is back. <laughs> he's, he's not lost any of his energy, man. And, and that's the thing about him. He could go away and people are like, Oh, man, we miss him. And when he comes back, he comes back better every single time. You know, I'm not going to lie and tell you know tell the world on this show that I thought the song was amazing. I, I did tell you, I, I know because of, you know, the whole series that it's soulful. I just, I don't know, I may have flipped the beat different. I have a producer's ear. I'd probably flip the beat different a little bit. But, man, he killed it. I thought it was great. I thought everything, it flowed right. What he was saying, most importantly, and I think people are going to have yes. to listen to the heart part five, probably five more times. Yeah, I, I need a few more times. Because some of y'all, <laughs> some of y'all, it went over your heads like a shower nozzle. Because <laughs> there's no way in hell everybody caught. Because I had to listen to it at least twice. Yeah, and I'm like, whoa, what did he just say? <laughs> and he's like speaking as if he was Nipsey, and then he's speaking as if he was Kobe. Right. And then he's going back, kind of like he's Kanye, and. It's it, the, the just the 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 video the the quality of the video, and the fact that this is this is his first recording on his own label. Yeah, and his album drops uh, next Friday, but technically next Thursday, nine p.m. Pacific time if you're on the West Coast. Um, 
And I think he's going to have an incredible masterpiece. I, I like I was we were talking about off air. Yeah. I love J. Cole's latest, pro, you know, his last project. I thought it was dope. I thought he really came on point. I thought he was really, he, I, I felt like he had something to prove. Yeah. Uh, Drake, hit and miss. That, the certified lover boy, I, was, I wasn't impressed. Yeah, I like I a few, I like, I like a few songs on that album, don't get me wrong. And I think Drake is an incredible artist. Um, but I think he, he it was just, it was missing a lot. And I think the certified lover boy wasn't as, incredible as it was anticipated and that to me was like okay Kendrick gotta come with it now because <laughs> now it's time for King Kendrick to come to reemerge and do what he does best to to shake up the industry and that's exactly what I think he's gonna do I mean he already has he already started off with some fire yeah. with this track and my god if you have not heard it stick around your radios because when we it, it, we'll be playing it sometime throughout during the show but what I will say is this I love the fact that Kendrick is back I love the fact that he's on his own. I'm curious about the production because I'm wondering if we're finally going to get a Dr. Dre produced beat. I hope so, man. Something we have not been able to see since those two have been working together. Now, they work together well. Yeah. And obviously, Dre's mixed an incredible amount of records for Kendrick Lamar. Mm -hmm. He's directed a lot of records for Kendrick Lamar, um, which always helps when you got the good doctor in your ear. Of course. But I want to hear a Dre-produced record for Kendrick Lamar. That's all I need to hear. I would love to hear a DJ Quick-produced record for Kendrick Lamar. This on some Compton stuff. This on some Compton stuff. I would love, honestly, and this this might sound crazy, I'd love to hear a Daz record. You know what? Daz is super fly? That would be dope. (laughs) That that would definitely be dope. I, I, I would tune in for that, but... You know, you need Dre though. You need the good doctor on that. Oh man. yeah, they work so well together. And I'm sure he's probably. I know he's probably mixed the project or engine. He has some type of hand in. It. I can't he see Doctor Dre not being a part of this project. Of course. Um, but I would love to hear. I would love to hear a song between Kendrick and Eminem. Ooh, man! Why why weren't you in on the meetings for this? They didn't the, call me <laughs> to executive produce <laughs> this, man. Nah, I, no, 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 no. This is just ideas. No, I, no. I'm just saying, man. You know because. You, Oh, my ideas are pretty dope. I do say so myself. <laughs> nah, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna shortchange myself. I, I, I love your humbleness, brother. Nah, <laughs> anytime, I try to do what I can do when I can do it. But what I will say is, I mean, like I said, the Kendrick Lamar record is incredible. I can't wait for the record to actually the, oh, the full I, album to drop. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, it's gonna and and I think it's gonna change. It's gonna it's gonna cause some artists to 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 really have a come to Jesus moment. Well, one of those <laughs> one of those artists being Drake because he drops something like every three days, and then he's watering. He's he's just mailing it in lately. Um, you know, like you were saying, J Cole, dope album. You know, but I haven't looked forward to an album like I have with Kendrick. And Dude, have you seen the, the the new Beast by Drake commercial with with John Moran and Lil Baby? I haven't seen that. One. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen. That. <laughs> Let me tell you. That is about the closest thing that reminds me of the AI and Jadakiss commercial. Oh, Reebok. Reebok. That, man, that was fire. The way it's shot, the way it sounds, it's the new generation for that. Okay. I'm and those two were perfect. They were a perfect fit together because it made sense. They both represent the new culture. They both yeah. represent, you know, they're both incredible. You know, one's an incredible athlete. The yes. other one's an incredible artist. Um, and I got the little baby late. Like, I wasn't, in the you, beginning, I yeah. wasn't feeling him. You, you know, I, same way, because... I wasn't a fan of Lil Baby until I heard We Win. Yeah. On a, the the yeah. fact that a rapper, you know, because I'm not into that 
trap rap, whatever the hell, you know, drill rap. But like the way the baby wrote that beat. Yeah, the little little baby used to Lil Baby, that's what I meant. Lil Baby, not the, all these damn babies. Lil Baby when he wrote the beat from Just Blaze, you know. But that was dope. It was dope. And the fact that Just Blaze worked with him, I, that to me yeah. signals something. I'm like, okay. I'm still blocked from Just Blaze. That's how wow. I'm story. What did you do? He, he's a little he's a little sensitive, man. Yeah, you must have said something wrong. I, I did. <laughs> foul, dude. Foul. I don't care. He's sensitive. Foul. No, you probably said some foul stuff. I really did. You want to know? You got time? You want to we'll talk, talk about it? We'll talk, yeah, about, okay. it. We'll we'll talk, talk about, about it later. later. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> and speaking of John Morant, obviously John Morant is questionable for game four, uh, and doubt, or should I say doubtful for game four, because uh, there was a play in game three where a lot of people thought that you know Jordan Poole of the Golden State Warriors did a dirty play. Now, I watched the play at least three times. It wasn't intentional. No. He was trying to grab for the ball. He wasn't grabbing for John Morant's knee. I don't think Jordan Poole is a dirty player. No. I don't think he would intentionally try to injure John Morant. He's a, he's a competitor, just mm-hmm. as much as John Morant, just as much as Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. Um, But I do think it was just a fluke situation. I don't think he tried to try to Chris Paul, the dude, I think he tried to do exactly what he can, which was, was, was try to go after the ball. It was a defensive play. Unfortunately, John Morant's knee got caught up in there, and he unfortunately had to go to the sidelines, and he, and he has right knee soreness, which is going to definitely impact the series now because oh, if, no doubt. if John Morant can't go for game four, more than likely, and he can't go for game five, that's going to change the series and sway into the Golden State Warriors' favor, especially the way they've been playing as of late. Um, I th- even though Dylan Brooks, the dirtiest player in the game, mm. um, is coming back off his one-game suspension, there to me, I think Golden State is still going to win the series regardless. Yes, it's going to be a little. It may be a little easier to win the series now without John Morant because John Morant not only his presence, what he does on the floor, but his energy even when he's on the sidelines. Yes, and now him not really being able to be in the game changes the dynamic of this series. So. I think the Golden State Warriors win. Obviously, I think they win in six. Um, because what's the what's the what's the series tie now? Well, the thing is, you know, um, they will have an easier road if yeah, Josh, so it's two you know, one. Yeah, exactly. So but they go through. So it might be five games. I think me. it'll go five six. if Ja doesn't come back. Yeah, I think if if he doesn't come back, it, it's, it's going it's, five. It's, it's, it's definitely going five. It, if you even if you have Ja at eighty percent. That you know, that's gonna help you. I but. think I think it goes if he if he comes back for game five, I think it goes six. But yes. if he doesn't come back for game five, I think the, the Warriors just go ahead and wrap it up and get some rest yep. and get ready for the for the Phoenix Suns to travel to Phoenix. Mm. Um and speaking of the Phoenix Suns, obviously the Phoenix Suns the the series is now tied two two. Uh Chris Paul did not have a great game. Uh something that we've seen in the previous series. Right. Uh, you know, in the previous series. So that's not that and I expect Chris Paul to come back with a vengeance next game like he did in the previous <laughs> series and destroy that particular team. But the the thing I want to get to, fans. Mm. And there was an incident I had to correct a couple of people yesterday. And because Chris it was a video that surfaced that Chris Paul was going off on a seventeen or eighteen year old kid. And they, in the caption, had read, hey, um, Chris Paul gets mad at a fan for filing out. No, that wasn't the issue. The issue was his mother happened to be Mother's Day on Sunday. His wife, his kids were sitting in the stands watching the game. 
obviously as they should, cheering their 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 family member and Chris Paul right. on and their and the Phoenix Suns. And fans got out of pocket, allegedly pushed or put their hands on Chris Paul's mother, mm. allegedly possibly put put their hands on his wife, and their kids had to witness that. Let me say this for all you punk ass fans out there that want that think that you bold enough to put your hands on a, fa- a, a, a a player's family. You wouldn't dare do that if they were alone. If they weren't alone, if Chris Paul had his brother there, if Chris Paul's father was there, if Chris Paul's cousins were there, who happened to be male, were there, I guarantee you, them fans would have got teed off on. Because let me tell you something, you are a coward. It's one thing to boo. It's one thing to talk crap about Chris Paul because you don't like him. You're a Mavericks fan. That's fine. As long as there's no racial or, or, or uh, uh, you know, threatening verbiage coming out of your mouth or homophobic slurs coming out of your mouth, you have every right to boo, cuss him out, whatever. But when you start to, to threaten a player's family, we saw that with Westbrook which I'm not the biggest Westbrook fan, but I will say right is right and wrong is wrong. Anybody that threatened that man's family are cowards and they're some punks because you know damn well if Westbrook was sitting right there next to his family watching the same game as you, you would have never said that to his family and let and live to tell about it? I don't think so. Same thing with Chris Paul and his family. You would have sat there with those with those the members of his family, those, those, those men in his family who stand for something, you you wouldn't you wouldn't have been living to tell about what you possibly did or what you did to those women in that family like a bunch of cowards and gonna do it in front of their children. How low are you? You lower than a worm's belly when you do that kind of nonsense. And to me, the NBA needs to tighten it up because yes, it's one out of ten incidents that this happens. Right? We saw the fan that came out in Minnesota to try to do the quote unquote protest and run on the court. We understand that, but what I'm saying is. When you get when the NBA gets mad at the players for for spewing back at the fans, but allows the fans to spew at the players, that's going to be a problem. And if you want to see another malice in the palace type of situation, because it's brewing, because the NBA needs to tighten up on these fans. The fans, yes, they pay their money. I understand this is a money business. I get that, but you have no right. That does not entitle you to having a right to threaten a person's family or put your hands on the person's family. I don't give a damn if you just did a not a point or a, a, a push or a shove. You have no right to put your hands on anybody. That is assault. And those fans need to be banned from every NBA arena for the for life. For life. Not for a season or two, for life. Any NBA arena they try to come in, they need to be uh, immediately thrown out for trespass and arrested for trespassing. Because that's the only, and you got to throw the book, and it's going to take some sacrificial lamb of an idiot fan for you to throw the book at them to get the message out. Now, it's not going to it's not gonna quelch the entire fan, the fandom, you know, and the fan bases from doing it, but it will significantly bring down the odds as far as fans trying to do something of that, of that magnitude as far as threatening fan, I mean, threatening players and their families. That is ridiculous. This is a damn game. This ain't something that's real life where it's life threatening. This ain't somebody battling cancer or somebody, you know, going to war, fighting for the country or something to that degree. This is a damn game. Okay? This is a game that we're supposed to be enjoying. Yes, as media members, we critique and we praise at the same time. 
That's our job. But no media member has should ever, and I, I've never heard a media member threaten a player or, or a player's family because they didn't play well on the court. If we don't do it as and we get paid to do this, to analyze and to and to scrutinize at times whereas 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 needed to go over over players. And you think a fan because you bought a damn ticket or you got season tickets to a to a game that entitles you to sit up here and talk crap. And you don't think it's going to be any repercussions. I wish you would put your hands on my mama. I wish you would. I wish you put your hands on any woman of my family, any woman member of my family, I should say. I wish you would because I have something for you. You put your hand, you even look at, you look at my kid wrong, we're going to have a problem. Which is one of the reasons why I don't post my son on social media. Because the first, see, you can say what you want about me. I don't really give a damn. Right. I dealt with a troll ass, a punk ass troll uh, the other day trying to talk crap. Yeah. Because I put out some information because they mad because they got to go buy tickets when I get paid to do this. Don't get <laughs> mad at me because you ain't you ain't skilled enough to do this. You put the work in, man. Stop it. <laughs> lame, lame bastard. Mark ass bustin'. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it's ridiculous to me. And I told the dude, like I told the little Charles, I said, yeah, you can say that behind behind closed doors, but you'll never say it to my face. Never. Keyboard courage, man. Yeah. Telephone tough guys. You know what I'm saying? Insta- internet gangster. <laughs> but it's ridiculous to me, and I agree with Shaq. Shaq was like, hey, man, if you watched uh, Inside the NBA with, uh, on TNT, and Shaq had made a great point. He was like, look, it's going to take the cousins. It's going to take somebody to be yes. like, hey, you have my permission. They, they get close and start talking crap. You have my permission to whoop their ass. And I agree with him. Yes. And he said the same thing. He said when they were going to – and they were playing the Sixers back in 2000 or 2001 – and they told him they couldn't celebrate on the court if they won the championship. <laughs> so he told he called his dad, his his late dad, and said, "Hey, Bob, they uh they talking about we can't celebrate." He said, "What? I need five tickets." He <laughs> said, "Why? Because I'm bringing big big who and and and, and Uncle such and such and da da da. We gonna be in the stands. I wish somebody would try to talk try to mess with you." And these are all military dudes. Oh, so they, yeah, yeah. they was old school military dudes, so they ain't for play. We we don't play, man. They ain't for play. We don't and play. nothing happened, fortunately. Uh nothing nothing happened. But again, it's just ridiculous. It takes away from the game because it was a it's a, it's an incredible series. It's a very competitive series. And you, when you do cowardly stuff like that, you take away from the game. Coming up on the other side of the break, we'll get into more of the NBA playoffs. What's going on in the Eastern Conference? Are you are we surprised? I know the hell I am. All that and more on the other side of the break. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Keep it locked. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio Sirius XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. 
but these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see why it's a bad idea to do that? I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. And then you give me that puppy look back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Good thing nobody can see you crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometime. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger. Because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, you know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 294.9, iHeart Latino. Used to hear an arsenal ring, analyze, risk your life, take the charge. Homies, don't fuck your baby mama once you hit the yard. That's culture. 23-hour lockdown. Did somebody call, said your little nephew was shot down. The culture's involved. Welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Make sure you hit me up. On Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. Oh man, if y'all could just hear some of the off, oh. off the cuff, <laughs> color, analyst we, we get in stuff trouble. that we talk about, we, we man, we would we not can. be on air. No, no, but Even we can sell it, you know, pay per view type thing. You know, <laughs> we, we should work something out with that. You know. Even though we are on SiriusXM Slam Radio, no, 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 no we no, can't, no. we can't, bro. <laughs>
No, sir. Anyway, y'all, welcome back to the show. Hey, man, if I told you, if I told you to bet on eighty to one odds, what would you say? Hell no. Mm, interesting. <laughs> well, I guess a lot of people said hell no because during the Kentucky the Kentucky Derby over the weekend, uh, there was an eighty to one odds horse that actually won the Derby. Oh, I heard about that. Rich Strike. Yes. 80 to 1 odds, which means if we put $1,000 on this horse, we would have won 80 grand. A thousand bucks. Even if you and I could have scrapped up 500 bucks a piece and went to the Kentucky Derby or called some bookie and been like, hey, give us a thousand on an 80 on Rich Strike. Mm. And we would have won 80 grand. That's 40 grand a piece. I'm if down. We pitched it. That's <laughs> how. And then here's the other part of this wacky weekend <laughs> Canelo. Oh, man. Talk about people pissed off on Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> Wait a minute. So here's the thing. Woo, Cinco de Mayo weekend was ruined for a lot of people, man. Here's the. Here's, this was the craziest weekend. Oh my god. <laughs> this was the craziest weekend that I have I have seen in a long time. And here's the cold part about it. Uh, what's his name? Bobby. Bobby. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, whatever his last name was. I ain't on even trying to pronounce no, it. No, I'm not either. But 115, 113 across the board. Yeah. Like, I would have I would have picked Canelo, of course. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. But the fact that this kid had nothing to lose. He fought like it too. And he fought exactly. <laughs> he fought just like Hungry. it. Hungry. Right? <laughs> that was the wackiest. Crap I have ever seen. And I mean, from the 80 to 1 eye yeah. to Canelo getting beaten mm-hmm. to now the Philadelphia 76ers actually tying it up Man. at 2-2. And the the wackiest thing about that, not only, okay, you had Joel Embiid looking like the lost Avenger <laughs> coming back in game three, right? Right. <laughs> and he's playing with a bum knee. I mean, with a bum, with a with, he a, with, with not, a bum, everything, man. <laughs> not with bum knee. I'm sorry, with a with a bum uh uh face. Yeah, he had he had a lot of and his thumb and his thumb as well. Yeah, and they balled out. And then here's the other wacky thing. Now James Harden been on he he been a milk carton all star for Lord knows how yes. long. <laughs> James Harden comes back and balls the, puts the team on his back. <laughs> And balls the hell out and wills them to win. I know. And now they're back in the series. <laughs> What's going on out of here, man? <laughs> they're back in the series. This is the number one in the Eastern Conference, Miami Heat, yeah. who have been dominant. And, yep. and now it's a series? All of a sudden. And uh, like I said, Joel Embiid, to me, should have been the MVP. I agree with that, by the way. But... Uh, Jokic. Jokic became the MVP. He was the he was the MVP, which I understand that too. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought Joel Embiid accomplished more this season. I agree. With the scoring title as a big man, yep. something we haven't seen since Shaq. Yeah. And then on top of that, having a a a a, a lame duck in James Harden and basically having to put his team on his back. Oh man. And get them to the to the to the playoffs. Right. Injured and all. And still came back. Yeah. This is the this is the wackiest weekend I can remember in a long time. So probably since COVID. 
since we when we were <laughs> under the COVID stuff. And somebody in Vegas is really happy right now because I'm sure all three they gambled and bet and won on all three of those. Now. That's a hell of a weekend right there. I, I'm getting drunk. I'm finding some fine-ass ladies. We're going to do it up because I, I did so well in Vegas. So somebody out there hit that trifecta, you know. But, you know, it's about time James Harden stepped up. If I'm the Sixers, I'm like, we traded for this guy. We want him to be James Harden. And for whatever reason, he's not. And people want to make excuses for him. They want to say, oh, it's the system or, you know, he's getting acclimated. Well, he's had a long time to acclimate, okay, because – that's the same ninety four by fifty hunk of wood, bro. And you don't need to get acclimated. But he's like he's like he's like Bigfoot. He's an anomaly <laughs> because this dude doesn't show up on a consistent basis. He does, he's been very inconsistent. He's, he's thirty. He, he dropped thirty one and nine. Right. He should be doing that all the time. He's more than capable of doing. Yes. It, but he doesn't, and that's the problem. And I think that's the problem that yes. that, that Sixer fans are already pissed off. Joel Embiid is loved in, in Philly. Absolutely, Philly should adore Joel Embiid as much like they 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 still adore Allen Iverson. Yeah, right. Because Joel Embiid gives his all. This boy is hurt. We know he ain't hundred percent. We know he probably ain't even eighty percent. Yeah. But the boy is giving his all, and he's still dropping twenty four and eleven in the last game, giving you double doubles. Yeah. Looking like like I said, looking like the lost Avenger. <laughs> but at the same time, this dude is the catalyst for that organization and for for those players on the on the floor. Because you had six players on Sunday night in double figures, which helped them get that that large that large win, mm-hmm. right? Um, to me, I think now this is a real series. I was wrong. I will admit it. I went on a Rosh Markazi show last week, and <laughs> the two, two the two individuals that were on his show swore up and down that the the Sixers were going to tie up the series, and that the, the the Mavericks would tie up the series with the Suns. And I thought they were crazy. I thought they were stone cold crazy. I thought they had been drinking that early in the morning. Right. <laughs> There's no way in hell you could have told me that. Again, this is why I say this is another wacky ass weekend. <laughs> and, and to add insult to injury, mm-hmm. the Los Angeles Kings. Woo! Who, before Sunday night, in the last two games, were outscored 14 to 2. Yes. And got their asses royally whooped. Okay. I played, was up for game three. That's where they you. played flatter than a, than a short stack at IHOP. <laughs> this guy okay. This was not the Kings team we saw in game one when they scrapped it out and won and took a 1-0 advantage lead in the series. Right. Sunday night, I don't know what they made. They may have took more body armor. They may have taken their vitamins, said their prayers, whatever they had to do to get it done because they were. this was the team that reminded me of the team in, in game one. Man, they were yes. aggressive. They were scrappy. They were assertive. They played. They played tight defense. And Mister Inconsistent Jonathan Quick. Oh my God! Actually stepped up to the play. Who was yanked in Game Three for Cal Peterson? Yeah. But the damage had already been yeah, done. Yeah. You can't expect Cal Peterson no. to come in and save the day when the damage was already done. Jonathan Quick came in and looked like the Jonathan Quick of old. Yes. And this is what I'm talking about. But the lack of consistency at goal with Jonathan Quick is the most frustrating thing that you can see. Yes. Because this guy is – we know how talented he is. The man got two cups. Yep. He was very instrumental in getting those two, helping the Kings get those two cups. Agreed. Much like Kopitar, yep. Dustin Brown, uh, and, and the rest of those boys on those, two, on those two squads. But what I'm saying is if you're trying to win a series, and Edmonton is not going anywhere, it's only going to get tougher because Edmonton is going back home. Yep. 
right? We already know there's going to be a game six. That's already in the books. Edmonton's going to play pissed off. They're going to play very aggressive, mm-hmm. especially in, in the creases. Yep. And the Kings are going to have to play the same way that they played in game four and in game one because it appeared that they figured it out. They shut down Kane. That was that was important. Kane was very important, but at the same time, they came out aggressive. Aggressive, yes. Because remember, all, all lines came out aggressive. Because remember in game two, they missed out on two key power play yes. goals in the first period. And I said that was going to come back to haunt them, and it did because they got blown out six to nothing. Yep. And I said they're going to have to take advantage. I said what's going to tell the tale for me with game four is how aggressive they come out in the first period. Mm-hmm. If they don't score at least a goal in the first period, they're done. This series is over because they're going to go back to Edmonton, and Edmonton is not packing back for L.A. for game six. No. The Kings stepped up. They're going to have to do If they want to win this series, mm-hmm. they're going to have to go and do the same things they did in game four and in game one. Yep. And intensify it because Edmonton's going to turn it on. And Kane is not going to be shut out again. Oh, no. I guarantee you that. I can guarantee you that. No, he's ready. He's ready. And, and, and I love the aggression of the Kings. You know, I was I was there the other night, um, you know, doing my thing because I work for him. And even Hall of Famer Nick Nixon and Daryl Evans that knows a lot about hockey because he played the game. You know, we talked after the game, which we always do. And they said that was Stanley Cup performance-esque the way they played uh, the other night. And they were like, if they do this every game from now on, they they will be in contention for that cup, you know. But they played amazingly well. But as Jonathan Quick goes, so does the Kings. It's just basic. That that's facts. Well, yeah. And the thing about it is, guys got to stay healthy, and that's that's another part that's of it. Key, yeah. And I, I did you see the uh, Pittsburgh series? This, the the Pittsburgh series and uh. Who was it? Pittsburgh. I haven't kept my eye on that. I've been yeah. kind of focused on that's the Kings. Been a fun, that's been a fun series. That's yeah. actually been a fun series. But the thing about it is, this is that's why I said this most. This is the wackiest week because I thought it was over. We I, both said that. I said that I'm an employee of the team, and I was like, man, this this a wrap. It's a wrap. Well, I tell you what, <laughs> for Barry Trotz, it's it's definitely a wrap because the New York <laughs> Islanders fired him Ooh. after missing the playoffs for the first time in four seasons. Damn. They ain't playing. They're not playing, man. <laughs> this is the first time you missed the playoffs. Oh, I'm sorry. Sir. Boop. Like, damn, my key card don't work. <laughs> Boop. Hey, Lenny, it's me. <laughs> Lenny's like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> no, it's 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 coach. It's coach Trotz. It's me. Security, we have, <laughs> we have security. We have an issue with around the premises. <laughs> Boop. That's been me at a couple radio stations, man. You got key card, off. The key card don't work. Key card don't work no more. You got an email in your check your email box, sir. <laughs> My email don't even work no more. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Man. Well, it's cold world out there, man. It's a cold, cold world, as my man J. Cole would say. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, coming up on the other side of the break, we'll get into the moment's brunch and what is going on with a WNBA legend and some of her former players. We'll get into that on the other side of the break. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Stay tuned. This is Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. 
cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad though. idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word won. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. you, you got to take those losses. you got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go! This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah! Look, look, I came from the dirt. Wish it was the worst. 
All right, y'all, final segment of the show, TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Make sure you check out your gateway to sports, pop culture, entertainment, community tech, all rolled into one. Go ahead and check out nightcastmedia.com. That is nightcastmedia.com. We got you covered, especially during the WNBA and Major League Baseball seasons. Now, the funny part about this, and before we went to break, we talked about the Sixers. We know the Suns and the Mavericks. And it's interesting because the Suns and the Mavs, I didn't give the Mavs a whole hell of a lot of a shot. We know how great Luka is. I think Luka is great. But they have yet to pair him up with another star. So he's basically got to do it on his own unless he has some contributors that come along every blue moon. Jason Kidd deserves a lot of credit for doing the job that he's been hired to do. And I know people may say, well, what are you talking about? Of course, that's what he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be coaching. When you have a superstar of Luka Dantich and his caliber, and you and that's all you have, and you're expected, because Mark Cuban has very high expectations. Whether they be realistic or not at times, <laughs> he still has very high expectations. And to be able to take a number one seed team in the West, and this series could easily go seven. Easily, easily. Now, I picked Phoenix in six. Mm-hmm. I said five, actually. I honestly said five. But now I can see, it, obviously, it's going to go six. But I could, it can definitely go seven. Without because, question, yeah. Because the way this Dallas team has really come on strong has been absolutely amazing. And I have to give Dallas a lot of credit. I didn't give them a whole hell of a lot of a chance. I didn't. Outside mm-hmm. of, because you're going to let Luka get his. Oh, yeah. But who else is going to step up, right? Who else is going to be able to step up in that to a point where it's going to make a difference. You know, much like how we criticized the Milwaukee Bucks because when they lost Chris Middleton in this series against the the, the Boston Celtics, mm-hmm. who obviously on paper look to be the better team because Chris Middleton provides that 18-6 and six difference when he's on the floor, especially against the Celtics this season. Mm-hmm. And I said, what did I, what did I say last week? I said, if, if this is truly Giannis's league, Yes. And if you guys want to crown Giannis the man of uh, the man amongst boys <laughs> and you want to say this is his time, we're going to see. And sure enough, that was an incredible finish yes, over the was. weekend. Yes, it was. The 103-101 victory, that was probably one of the best finishes we've I've seen in the playoffs thus far. Yeah, no, you know, that's the thing, man. Um, watching that game, I'm like, wow. <laughs> Again, it's the theme of the weekend. The unbelievable happened all over in every aspect of every sport. But I'm a fan of Giannis. You know that. We we, we got into this last week. And Giannis, he's the future, man. I'm not saying he's, you know, the next Jordan. And I don't want to go there with Jordan and Magic like we did last time. Because, you know, last time you were trying to hit me with some of the metal chairs I have in the studio no, here. You were, just, you were just off. I had to be the voice of reason. Oh, but, but go ahead. Man, For, I, you know, I don't even want to talk anymore. Oh, good. <laughs> Suits me just fine. <laughs> it is your show anyway. Suits me just fine. The Milwaukee Bucks are 42. 40, Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis dropped 42 and 12. Yes, he did. My and he guy. had to. And he had to. That's my guy. Yeah, that's your guy. Now you're a freaking Giannis stand. I man. am a Giannis stand, man. Because look, the guy, he's so humble, man. I love that. He didn't want to get fined because he has to pay for diapers. I mean, that's his mentality. He's a great guy. That's bull crap. And you know it. That's nothing but an act. <laughs> 
Humbleness is overrated. I keep telling you people that humbleness is overrated. You, you, no one gives you say a that damn. No one gives a damn about being humble. They talk that crap because it sounds nice. It's like a Hallmark card. It sounds nice. Oh, sorry, you got fired. You don't give a damn if that person got fired. <laughs> but it sounds nice. Like, seriously, like, let's be honest here. Like, no one gives a damn about, oh, I stepped on your shoe. Oh, excuse me. You only say excuse me for two reasons. One, because you were scared because the dude was with four or five other people. You probably don't get your ass whooped. <laughs> or two, because you just said it because that's something to just to say and move on and you don't want any problems. Some of us are genuine, bro. Come on, man. I, I truly feel bad if I do something wrong. Yeah, but that's, what's that, one, two percent? Hey, I, I only know me, bro. The, the, the majority don't care. It's the, you right, do it because it sounds nice. That's true. It's true. Oh, excuse me. Let me have some. You pass me the salt. You don't give a damn about saying it. You don't want the damn salt. Just, hey, man, pass me the damn salt and get it over here. <laughs> you don't care about saying is that, excuse me. Is that me. how you ask for it? No, I say excuse me. I actually have manners. <laughs> but I, I don't give a damn about humbleness. It's overrated. Who cares? You, no one cares about You do not care about the. You know what people attribute humbleness to? Keeping your head down and just work. Don't say anything. Don't take any accolades that you deserve. Just stay. Just stay. Just keep keep a low profile and work. No, hell no. Because we don't even like that. No, we, we don't, don't like we don't like humbleness. If we did, Ric Flair wouldn't be the great person that he is. <laughs> Ain't no humbleness in Ric Flair at all, and it shouldn't be because that man is great. <laughs> Deion Sanders when he was playing. Whether it was baseball or football, wasn't no humbleness in that dude, and it shouldn't have been because he was great at the time. Arguably one of the greatest cornerbacks to ever play the game. True. Now, same thing with Magic. Magic didn't need to be humble for what? Magic was great. No need for Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett. None of them needed to be humble for what? We know how great they are. They don't need to silence themselves and oh, let's tippy toe. Steph Curry, no need to be. Kevin Durant. So what? No I, one cares. I don't see humbleness as that. I see humbleness as somebody that's down to earth. Not hey, all shucks. You know, take it one game at a time. I know but what you're getting at, though. But you're that's right. the majority people the majority think of that. Think that. I, I don't like that either because those are the same people having traveled and been all over working with teams. That humbleness, I know how they are when they're not in front of a mic or a camera. I had to check myself because when people tell me how good, oh man, you, I'm like, oh man, you know, I'm, I'm cool. I had to check myself. No, you know what? I am good. Shit. Yeah. So let me, so let me, let me, let me get my, my, if I can't get flowers, I'm going to grow my own garden. Flex the resume. Flex your skills. That's what I tell everybody. Celebrate your damn self. So guess what? When people do, I'm no longer going to say, oh, no, nah, man, it's cool. Thank you. That, I am. There it is. Thank you. I certainly am because I earned my, <laughs> I work my ass off. You have though, man. You, so don't, you have. I don't, and it's, and the, the people I just named, including yourself, the people I just named, they did the same thing, and that's how. That's why we consider them to be great. Same thing, no difference. Shaquille O'Neal yeah. on down. Same thing. We consider them to be great because that's exactly what they are. Because they earned it and they worked for it, and they didn't have to bow down and boot dance, bootleg, and 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 buck dance, and all this other nonsense <laughs> that people expect you to do when you're. They, I swear to God, people, when it comes to humility, they expect you to be like, oh no. I'm, not me. It's just, it's not me. Like the Manning brothers? Man, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Let's go to the mor the moment's brunch, man. I, I already smell something boiling on, on the table anyway, man. It's always something to talk about. Let's check out the moment's brunch. What's cooking this week, guys? All right. Yeah, we got it cooking up in here. 
Okay, so Disney's latest movie, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, snared 185 million domestically over the weekend. The highest haul of any movie re- released in 2022. Was it worth it? And where does this rank among MCU movies? Oh, absolutely. It was worth it, man. I got a chance to see a sneak preview of it beforehand, and Ooh, it was absolutely incredible. Um, if you have not, I tell, I caution people who, ever, who, who still have not seen the movie. I know The weekend, many of you probably have seen it already, but those to those of you who have not seen it, go back and watch WandaVision. Go back and watch Spider-Man. Go back and watch the what-if version of Doctor Strange. That will clue you in on where Doctor Strange is right now. The fact, the one thing I love about this movie is the fact that they didn't have to catch everybody up to speed. It's like either, hey, you catch us right where we are and you figure it out from there. But it was action-packed from the moment you sit down. It was action-packed from there. Check out my review on nightcastmedia.com. Nice plug. I like that. You know, I, I've never really been into those kinds of movies, but I'll take your word for it. Oh, where, where does it rank? It's definitely in my top five. Yes, okay. That's what we need to know. Thank you. All right, moving on. Next item on the menu. The WNBA kicked off its opening weekend, and I know you were all up in the mix for that. Uh, what teams have surprised you this early in the season? I would honestly say the Las Vegas Aces because I didn't know how they were going to do without Liz Cambage and then having a new coach in Becky Hammond. But to me, it seems like their identity offensively, the spacing, the way they open up the floor, and they like the run and gun. And I, and I told people, that, I said, I think they're going to be a run and gun type of team. They're going to use Asia on the boards, but they're going to obviously be able to, to allow Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young to do what they need to do um, and get those buckets. I'll tell you another team, the Washington Mystics. They have definitely surprised me as well. And the Los Angeles Sparks mm. with Liz Cambage and a returning neck, a healthy neck of Guma K and that bench. And I, I hate to say it, but I'm I'm a little surprised at Derek Fisher. I was about I to say because you're not a I fan. Didn't think, <laughs> I, I didn't think I didn't think I still don't think he's a good coach. I, I, <laughs> let me put it this way: I don't think he's good enough to get to coach them to a championship. Okay, yeah. I think he he can he can coach. I think he may have learned a thing or two since being in the WNBA as far as how to coach the women in this league. Um, but those are the three teams that really stood out to me. Those were the surprise. Those were the surprises more so the, the Sparks and the Mystics, but. The Aces as well. Man, Liz Angeles, man. She's making an impact in L.A. Finally. She start, <laughs> I mean, she came back against the Indiana Fever. And I'm like, okay, 22 and 11. And I even when I, when I talked to Liz uh, after the game and I asked her, I said, listen, are you, you know, how are you feeling as far as the conditioning, as far as the, mm-hmm. the, the, the pace of the game? Because it was a lot faster than what she experienced against Chicago. Because Chicago, she was an absolute dud. I'll be honest to say that. But mm. this, but against the Indiana Fever, she was actually uh, – she actually played well. You look like the old Liz Cambage. Like, okay, well, maybe she – and she said – she told me, she said, look, it's, we got a lot of games to play. Then the more games we play, the more in, in condition I will be. And, you you know, we'll get back to, to where we need to be. And we got games to win. So she admitted she was out of shape. In so many terms. <laughs> I mean, she looked it. No, no. I mean, cause when, you, when I went against when, – when they played the Fever on Sunday, yeah. she played almost four minutes in the first in the first quarter and had to go sit down. Mm, that's not but good. Then she, but then she made up for it. Like I said, she yeah. dropped 22 and 11. They got the W, so that's what matters. That's what matters, absolutely. And finally, now this is this is this is some crazy stuff, man. <laughs> former WNBA legend and former Texas Southern head coach Cynthia Cooper Dyke was accused by multiple players of degrading and abusive behavior, according to the Athletic. 
<laughs> what will this do to her legacy if these accusations are found to be true? Well, I'll tell you what, it's not going to help her. I can tell you that much because some of the language, according Ooh, to The Athletic, and that, and that Athletic has done a very well investigative yes. report on this particular story. And the thing about it is when you look at what she had to say, I mean, she told, allegedly, she told a, a one of her players mm. who was suffering from mental health issues that, quote, she just needs some some D, and you can fill in the rest of the, <laughs> oh, of the, of the letters. And she said, oh, she's... <laughs> Wow. She called her, called her, quote, a sorry ass virgin. Oh my God. I'm like, listen, you can't tell. I don't know what was said to Cynthia Cooper back in the day when she was coming up. And maybe that was language that was, that was appropriate. I'm thinking that might have been what was said. And they thought it was appropriate back then. Wow. And usually when you see people that abuse other people, that's how they were abused yes. or, or a good form of it. Yep. So that was probably something she had to endure when she was coming up in college and getting into the WNBA later on and dealing with those types of things and that type of language and that type of abuse. Mm. And in this day and age, you can't do that kind of stuff, man. You shouldn't do that kind of no. stuff, but you damn sure can't do that <laughs> stuff and get away with no, it. No, And this, I don't think it tarnishes her legacy on the floor mm -hmm. because what she created a dynasty. Her, Tina Thompson, yeah. Cheryl Swoops, they created a dynasty in sports. Um, but away from that, I mean, we see, you know, like I said, I think, you know, we, we know what Cheryl Swoops is about. Mm -hmm. We see Tina Thompson coaching at the University of Virginia. Um, and, you know, Cheryl, I remember Cheryl, uh, I mean, uh, Cynthia Cooper Dyke, when, when she was coaching the USC women's team. And they yeah. even go back as far as that, talking to some of those players when she was, when they were under her her coaching. Mm -hmm. So they went, they did, they did some serious digging. And it's not looking good as far as coaching is, is concerned. One of one person referred to her as the Bobby Knight of women's Ooh, basketball. That's not a good look for anybody. Man or woman. <laughs> you don't want to be Bobby Knight. No, you do not. You don't even want to be associated with Bobby Knight you, in that regard. You don't even want to be called Bobby or Knight. And that is the moment's brunch. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, did you see that fit? Did you see that picture? Um, it was with Lewis Hamilton, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I, and somebody wrote posed the question rather that said, "Who would you rather if you could only have dinner with one of them? Who would you rather have dinner with?" Mm. And I was like, "I already know who I would." So wow, that's easy. You know, because I said for me, I said Michael Jordan. Well, you know my disdain for Michael Jordan. Yeah, you're you're a hater. But I'm it's not cool. a hater, man. I just like Magic more. No, you're you're a hater. I'm not a hater. How am I a hater? Because How am I a hater? You just said you had disdain for the man. What is the word? You know what the definition of disdain? I do have a degree, but yes, I know what okay. disdain is, man. So you, that's the word you I, just used. I can I can respect what he's done in his career and still not be a fan. I I'm not a hater though. But I would have dinner with Michael Jordan as well. No, you wouldn't. Yes, Stop I, lying. No, I would. I Stop would. Lying. And I would. And I, I'm gonna tell you why. And it's you a good reason. Crap. I'm not. I'm not. I really would. Because I'd sit down and say, Mr. Jordan, thank you. You know, you've impacted the community. You know, with 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 shoes. And now you're starting to do social justice. I'm proud of you. But I have one thing to tell you and ask you. You know, man to man. Why do you think Magic Johnson's better than you? And that's exactly what I would say at the dinner, and I'd make him pay for it. And then as soon as he kicks you, as he gets up and walks out and stiffs you with the check, <laughs> and then whatever whatever, whatever lady he has, you have with you, you can pretty much kiss that one goodbye to. Not at all. Because <laughs> she knows who she coming home with. My broke ass. Anyway. <laughs> nah. 
You can you can you can wake up, and smack yourself, and apologize for that one. Uh, I'm not. I'm never going to back. You know, get off that hill, man. I'm not backing down from that hill at all. That's cool. I mean, you ain't got to back up off the hill. <laughs> no, but I would. I would want to know his success, man. Like his, his thought process, because you know he he embraces failure. But you know, like him, he he is, he's always said, "I've never lost a game. I just ran out of time." I if think I that's could, one of his best quotes ever. If I couldn't get Jordan, I think my next best person would be Tom Brady. Just because yeah. of, because of the longevity. Like, first of all, he plays one of the most grueling sports. Yeah, and he's still around, and, and still st- performing at a high level. He's still performing at a pretty at a pretty high level. And the thing about it is, what I would want to know, just from the perspective of what is his mentality. Like we we hear about in the media, but I mean, off the camera, off the cuff, like what is he really like? Right. It's almost like hanging out with Bill Belichick away from the cameras. Because I've heard different stories about Bill Belichick, like how yeah. he's real jovial. He's, yeah. he's like a practical joker. Uh-huh. Like he's real like upbeat. He's energetic. But then when you see him on camera, yeah, well, yeah, we, we're waiting for the next week. Well, that's know. that's because he's able to deflect. He doesn't have to. And that's himself. and that's the that's the cool. So I w- I really want to know how Tom Brady really is away from the camera because I find that I find that type of stuff fascinating. Well, I think just you get a taste of it from his Instagram where he's like. It was a fumble, which I love, oh, by the way. Wait, wait. Raider fans wait. loved it. But here's the thing. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, even I'm talking about just away from social yeah. media. Like, what is he really like? Right. Like, that's the kind of person that you want to know. Because I mean, you talk to other players and stuff that really know Tom Brady. Like, they 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 tell you different stuff, right? I've only heard one bad thing about Tom Brady. It was from who? Antonio Brown. Of course, because Antonio Brown's a clown. Exactly. Nobody, nobody so, believes him. Exactly. So I, I would think he's a good guy. You would, yeah. You would bring up a clown. Why would I, what, what does that mean? I'm just saying, you got to leave clowns at the circus. Oh, okay. okay. I'm not calling. What are you talking about? <laughs> calling you <what? laughs> Now who's sensitive? Yikes. Oh. Now who's sensitive? Well, ladies and gentlemen, hopefully you're not, not too sensitive. Not sensitive, man. Hopefully you're not too sensitive to listen to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you missed any portion of this broadcast, make sure you download, subscribe to us on all streaming platforms. That is SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, all for free 99. For my producer to the stars and engineer extraordinaire, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner, and myself, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to everybody at SiriusXM, Slam Radio, and Nightcast Media. Until next week, take care, stay sharp, win and win like paper planes. The views and opinions expressed on TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose, are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.